Alrighty, it looks like we are on. So, welcome back everybody to the Sons of Comics podcast. I am your host, Steve Pugh. And I'm Scott Hill. Ah, my trusty sidekick once again, joining me. You're the sidekick, what are you talking about? (laughs) Hey, I don't... No, this is, we're equals, okay? This is like a Batman-Superman situation. Ah, yes. Or maybe, uh, hmm... Who are two equals that often fight together? Like Luke Cage and Iron Fist, maybe? Yeah, yeah, I could see that. That's pretty, I totally see that. that's pretty fair, right? Yeah, yeah. Or uh, or Deadpool and the Joker. Ah, yes, yes. Did you how, see... How epic would that be if they could, if they could uh, cross over? It's funny you mentioned that. Uh, just so people are aware, this is a podcast where we talk about comic books, uh, comic book TV shows, everything nerd-like and nerd-ish and nerd-esque. And uh, uh, I just wanted to uh, alert you of the fact that if you haven't watched this, there is a Bat in the Sun. Um, a, it's a um, Bat in the Sun does these productions where they do like the. If you've seen these, these the superhero battles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do some good stuff. I really Dude, liked the Wolverine the... versus Predator one. That was really good. But their newest one, check that. Check it. It's Deadpool and Domino versus Harley Quinn and Joker. Oh my goodness! Yes, it's epic. You okay. must watch this. After we're done, yep. you go and watch that immediately, and tell me what you think. I guarantee you're gonna be like, "Holy effing, you know, gamoli!" It's a, it's awesome, because Deadpool and Joker just sit there and like watch Harley Quinn and Domino fight, and they're just laughing, and they just think it's hilarious, and they're just like sitting eating dude, popcorn dude, together. Dude, it's dude, it's awesome. Dude, dude stop, stop. Tell okay, me. okay, I won't spoil it any further. Golf. That's just a little part of it. That's just a little part of it. Don't worry. Okay. You're okay. All right. Nothing is ruined here. Nothing is effed. Um, anyway, yeah, dude, they've done some really great stuff. Um, alongside that, there's another company called, um, what is it called? Ismahawk. Have you ever heard of them? Um, they did that little... Well, but I, might, I might have heard what they've done. What have they done? They did a, a Nightwing miniseries. Oh, I think I do, do remember hearing about it's that. It's like was a live-action miniseries. You know, for as low-budget as it was, it's actually pretty good. Uh, like, yeah. I... it, you have to look at it budget-wise versus, like, time-wise and actor-wise and stuff, and it's yeah. actually really good for what they did with it. Dude, I come from a theater background. You know, I, I'm... You know, stuff being low-budget but well-acted is totally fine by me. <laughs> and here's Deadpool plug number one. Deadpool only operated and did it with a $48 million budget, and they've already grossed over, like, $130 million over the weekend. Boom. Oh, yeah. No, they, they, um, they absolutely demolished... Um, they absolutely demolished the, uh, the record for this weekend... Um, it's far greater than they, they could have hoped for, I think. Beat, like last year's, last year's. Do they beat Guardians on Valentine's Day weekend? Was Fifty Shades of Grey and <laughs> Deadpool straight up like doubled. Dude, they beat Guardians. They beat the opening uh, weekend for Winter Soldier. They also beat the opening weekend for like Kingsman. So yeah. it's doing yeah, they... really, really good. So yep. my I tip tip of the cap to uh, uh, what's his name. Uh, Ryan well, well, Ryan Reynolds, Tim Miller, Rhett Reese, yeah. so the writers and uh, and Ryan Reynolds especially because this is like or his the dream. Heroes of the story. Uh, you mean like Weasel and uh, and Miranda no. Baccarin? <laughs> no, 
Well, they're also heroes of the story, but he, no, it's uh, it's all about Al. It's all about uh, blind well, Al. In the credit for Deadpool, that's one of the, you know oh, in the opening true. credit was listing everyone. It lists the writers as the real heroes of the story. Yes. Uh, did you have any other news you wanted to talk about before we uh, before we jump into other stuff? Uh, what, uh, what did you What have you been doing lately? Oh, lately I have been working on a ton of video projects. Um, like, like I have not had hardly any downtime for the last few weeks, so it's actually pretty exciting. Like I, um, uh, one of the things I'm excited with is is that uh, there's another YouTube channel, um, called Making Magic Productions, mm-hmm. and usually uh, I would go with him and do uh, and do Comic Con videos. Right, right. You showed me some of those once. Yeah, yeah, and uh, unfortunately, I'd kind of been sitting on some footage from last Salt Lake Comic Con for, well, since last Salt Lake Comic Con, that I finally was able to finish up and get out, and it's perfect timing, though, because it's of uh, Jonathan Miller, the guy behind Making Magic Productions, dressed as Deadpool, going around uh, the Comic Con, dance-humping people, and just, you know. <laughs> Did he look good? Did he look legit? <laughs> Yeah, his his costume was pretty, you know, it, it wasn't like movie perfect, but it was That's still as, lit, as legit as like someone cosplaying yeah, could pos- he, probably do. And he had do. the right physique for it too, and yeah, it was pretty funny. And the song, he, uh, part of the reason why I was sitting on the footage for so long is I was just trying to find a song to set it all to. Oh, what did you and, pick? And uh, we found one called "Bustin' Out" that, like, you listen to the lyrics, it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, this is so Deadpool. <laughs> oh, I thought just... you would have used that. I'm coming out. I want well, the world. <laughs> we had to find a we had to find a song that we could actually use, you know that. Uh, That's true. That you know was royalty free and all that stuff. So. Oh, those damn royalties. Yep. Otherwise, the song I would have used is uh, there's a great song by an artist named Andrew W K called um, "Ready to Die." Andrew W K. You better get ready to die. Oh get my gosh! Ready Didn't to he die. do like? Uh, CK, uh, CK, Camp CKY, didn't he do like stuff for like Bam Margera and a bunch of other stuff? It's kind of like a, I don't know, it's like a hard I rock. Know. I don't know, was Andrew WK involved with with uh, camps with uh, CKY? I... <sighs> I think he was, like, I, why do I remember him being a part of that? I, I don't remember, but um, I don't know. It, like, feels, I... it feels like it was. The, I don't it, know. It... Yeah, that's kind of a blind spot for me, so I wouldn't be surprised to then discover that, oh, hey, these two seemingly unrelated artists are totally connected with each other, and I just didn't notice. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's... Other than so, that, uh, yeah. That's cool, other though. Other than that, you know, check out Making Magic Productions, check out their Deadpool video. It's a lot of fun, and uh, it, it'll give you a good laugh, and, and uh, you know, I'll try and make sure I sneak in a plug for... Sons of Comics with the next video I do for Making Magic Productions. We'll get some cross-plugination. Please do. Also, if you didn't know, uh, and I haven't told you yet, so this is brand new news for you. I uh, just got us, um, what do you call it? We are going to be featuring Comic Bento on our podcast. So we can, uh, uh, we'll be reviewing a box from Comic Bento. So Comic Bento is a subscription service for those who don't know. Where you get a box of comics, uh, generally they're uh, they're trades. You know, they're a bunch of comics put together into uh, small books or magazines. And uh, 
Comic Bento will send us a box of comics worth up to fifty dollars. Uh, usually, you know, around twenty-five dollars a month is what you pay, but you get fifty dollars worth of comics, and they're usually themed. And uh, let's see, February's box is Amped, which is a music theme this month. So when we get the box, we'll, we will do a uh, small little review for them. Cool, cool. So they're officially sponsoring us then, or? Technically, yes, they are sponsoring us. And Sweet. Well, yeah, we I know. Shall, we shall then plug them in return. Yes, indeed. Go Comic Bento. I actually got my first box just for me personally, um, and it came with a bunch of new stuff that I had obviously like never heard of. This is all new stuff. There's one called Rai, which is like futuristic Japan, and nice. um, it's kind of a Big Brother-ish story where uh, I don't know. It's about it. You know, the hero going up against Big Brother. Uh, Superior Iron Man was in there. So, so, uh, you know, it's kind of where the hero kind of becomes the villain, sort of, kind of stories. Yeah, yeah, like they did that originally with Spider-Man where Dr. Octopus uh, ended up kind of body-snatching Peter Parker for a while and was trying to show that he's superior. And uh, it turned out to be an interesting storyline because, yeah, anyway, go on. Uh, Yes, and let's see. There's one called uh, Lola. So uh, Lola is like a story about this uh, wasteland. Uh, it's kind of like – it looks – at least I haven't read it yet. But it looks like a uh, – kind of like a spinoff of Mad Max except with a chick. And uh, she's obviously very pretty. So you but... mean like Mad Max Fury Road? Yeah, kind of like that. It's like <laughs> – yeah, she's just trying to survive the uh, wilderness of the post-apocalypse post-apocalyptic land and it you know it's all about survival for her and it looks really interesting so i I can't wait to start reading that i did just finish volume one of batman um city of city of owls oh yeah so yeah wow uh craziness so far yeah i and then uh let's see a week ago before i went on my trip to texas i i went on i went on a business trip to texas for a week um i bought I think it's uh, let's see, is it Court of Owls and then City of Owls, or is it yeah, Night of yeah, Owls? Yeah, yeah, it goes Court of Owls then City of Owls. Yeah, I have City of Owls. I don't have. I re- I just finished Court of Owls, so, but I am very in you know enthralled with this story so far. It's really good. Uh, the writing, Scott Snyder, you know, just great stuff. Can't yeah, he... can't say enough of how great a Batman story it is. I can't wait until they actually you know do a live version of this someday. Hopefully yeah, I would. I'm so years. okay to see that. Because I know that they're gonna do, they'll probably more than likely do Red Hood first as a Batman solo film. Um, another bit of news I heard, and this is just take this with a grain of salt, that because Batman v Superman hasn't gotten the hype that Warner Brothers is looking for, they may end up moving some things around. See, Suicide Squad is already set to go. Wonder Woman's already set to go. And obviously Batman v Superman set to go, but they may move Justice League uh, back and end up doing a Batman solo film before Justice League, which is really cool because I'm all for it. You can hold off on Justice League for a while, you know, do whatever you want. Um, And we'll get into why that is for me, at least uh, when we talk about the latest Batman v Superman trailer. But um, I think we'll get a Red Hood story first. Um out of a Batman solo film. That's just 
my interpretation and that's what their the rumor is that's going around what do you think um yeah that, i think that totally seems plausible especially since this is an older batman who um that's the one thing i kind of worry about though whether or not i'm hoping they haven't kind of shot themselves in the foot by making batman older and well, then like like in the new batman v superman trailer you hear him talking about like man i'm getting slow in my old age and you know what I mean? Like, it almost kind of seems like, like, you know, we don't need to hear Batman. We don't need to see Batman beginning again. We've already seen that. We don't need, no, we please, don't, God, no. We don't need the origin story or anything like that. We no. wanted to see him in the thick of it, but I almost worry that they may have overshot it and swung the uh, too far the other direction where it's like now he's he's old enough that <laughs> that it's like that that it's like well why didn't you just cast someone like 10 years younger you see, know that's I mean? the hard thing see you want to get somebody that's right in the middle so that technically it's it's not difficult to make somebody look older than they are yeah that way if you need to go back you can and you can just you know remove all the makeup and they're young and yeah. just shoot the young stuff but I'll be honest, Ben Affleck is looking pretty good for his age, and, I mean, I could totally see them going back and younging him down. I mean, they can always do the little CG thing that they've actually been perfecting. You know what, what they did with Tron and they did with uh, yeah, like uh, they, with uh, they Jeff Bridges. And Michael Douglas and, uh, you know, Jeff Bridges was like the test run of that, which was just... I could totally see how bad it was, but... Yeah. And, uh, you know, they kind of perfected it with Michael Douglas, and it, it looked it looked legit. I couldn't tell the difference, honestly. It looked like they'd actually shot, you know, him as a young man. But um, uh, they, they totally could do that, and I think they're really perfecting it. And with uh, Warner Brothers' budget, you know, shouldn't be an issue. Um, you know, they might do little tweaks here and there to young him down. But who knows, you know. A lot of time to come, a lot of time to, you know, hear what they're going to do. Uh, always good things to look forward to. But with that said, uh, let's move on to the uh, main event of our uh, of our rants here. Um, you know, we wanted to talk about Deadpool tonight originally, but Gabe saw the movie with me and uh, he wanted to be in on this. So let's give a moment of silence for Gabe not being here. Okay, that's enough. And uh, <laughs> uh, we will get him hopefully maybe later this weekend. And we'll do a full review of Deadpool. And, uh, you know, maybe we can even include some more numbers from the uh, opening week, so to say. You know, because we'll, uh, you know, we'll hear more about it and get uh, better reviews. But. We can can read those numbers out just to celebrate the Deadpool movie teabagging the competition. Oh, hell yeah. Um, Yeah. So. Instead of that, we have decided to do a double trailer review, since we have been so blessed with two awesome trailers. Well, at least they're awesome in my opinion. I don't know Scott's yet, but um, yeah, let's start out with uh, with Batman v Superman. Um, I'll tell you my first reaction. At first, I was like, before I even watched it, I was like. Oh, God, no, please stop showing me things from the movie, please. 
I really don't need to see any more. I mean, I'm already psyched. Don't do it. And then after I watched it, I was like, holy... Uh, okay, I'm really glad they showed that to me. It just, like, totally saved everything that they screwed up on on the last trailer. And I guess... I'm... I'm I don't try to set out to be a contrarian, but this trailer... I don't know, like, the last trailer kind of made me more excited for the movie because it showed all the stuff that had nothing to do with the central conflict, whereas this trailer brought it back to the central conflict, and the fact is, is I don't care about the central conflict. I don't... Batman and Superman fighting each fighting each other, I, I... I'm... The reasons why I'm going to be seeing this movie have nothing to do with that fight. I think that's where you differ from other... Like I, other people, is I, that I, is that you don't really care about the big fight. You care about like the the true villains of the show instead of the secondary mm-hmm. conflict that that yep. that the yep. movie's kind of like basing itself on. Yep, exactly. I care about the true villains, and I also care about like you know I care about the the uh, character the introduction of characters we have yet to see. And in more movies. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. <laughs> uh, I don't know if. People may not have, you know, heard about how excited I am about Wonder Woman. So, you know, just putting that out there. She's number but one even, on his freebie Aquaman, list. Even Aquaman, though, too. Like, I, I'm a firm, I'm a firm believer in the idea that there are no bad characters, just bad writing. Yes, so, there is no other truth than that itself. Yeah. It's that's how it is. There's no such thing as a bad character, just poor writing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, though I would jokingly, jokingly say, except for Cyclops, he just sucks. Yeah, but... honestly, he's terrible. <laughs> honestly, he's but just kind of a, him, kind of a shit him, character. Like, uh, even him, when he was being written by Joss Whedon, like, I liked his character. Like, I think he's, he's one of those ones that gets a bad rap. And Aquaman, I can't tell you how sick I am of Aquaman jokes. They're lazy. It's like, oh, he's totally useless. It's like... No, look at Green Lantern. He's more useless than Aquaman is. What are you talking about? He really is, honestly. Like, But even Green Lantern's another one, too, that's like... I feel like no one's actually sat down and kind of, like, powered through what it'd be like to have a Green Lantern ring. Because, see, here's the thing. It's powered by... It's powered by willpower, right? Yes. Now, imagine... Okay, now imagine you're going to use your Green Lantern ring to construct a car, right? Sure. Okay. A nice car. (laughs) Yeah, what are all the components of a car? Oh, well, I mean, there's there's hundreds and hundreds, maybe even thousands of total components to a car. Focus on all of them at at a time, and that's how you get, are able to create a car with your ring. Very difficult. You have to have the mind for it, like... Exactly. And and if if you have a crap mind... And you can't yeah. think of things on the minute scale and the big scale and then yeah. flow from one to the other, you are going to suck as a Green Lantern. On exactly. honestly, I'm I'm surprised that as big an idiot as Hal Jordan is that he actually got a ring and they, they gave him a ring. Like there are other well, Green Lanterns that I'm not surprised. Like I think about Jon Stewart and I'm like, Yeah, he's pretty legit. He's a military man. He knows a lot of stuff and he's very smart, he's cunning and he's clever. And it makes sense. Hal Jordan's just kind of a He's a pilot jackass. The problem is, is how Jordan is, has not really been consistently written. Because back in, you know, like back in the 70s when he had his uh, series that he'd do with Green Arrow, 
he was totally like the upright, you know, he, he was like the upright author, authoritarian, you know, establishment to Green Arrow's swaggering sort of rogue. No, you can't, it's, you can't put Green Arrow, I mean, Green Lantern by himself. You kind of have to have somebody with him to keep him honest, you know? Yeah, but, but I mean, it's like, over time, Hal Jordan has morphed from, instead of being like the, you know, the straight arrow is now he's they've now been like oh that's kind of boring so let's try and like see if we can give him some swagger but it's if to me it's always felt like kind of a half measure like he he's he's one of those people that like him and gene gray are probably the two characters i think of that are desperate need of actual personality because i feel like they don't have any I would definitely agree with that. I just, yeah. I just think he's just underwritten. He's very, very underwritten. And extremely, he, he, totally extremely. He just doesn't, I don't know. He they, he just doesn't have the brains behind it to to give him a good story or something to make him kind of legitimate. Hold on. We'll be back after this commercial break. Yep.
Sorry, ladies and gents. You know, kids. Usual. Welcome back. Yes. In any case, in any case, I feel like with Hal Jordan, like the the place where you would start to try and like salvage his character would just be pointing out that for all of his faults, for all of his like bland toast personality or false attempts at trying to be charming and swaggering or what have you. He is absolutely the type of guy who could imagine all of the moving parts of an expensive car and be able to focus on that long enough that he could create a construct out of that, out of pure energy, and use it to fight the bad guy. You know what I mean? Like, like really drive home to people that that's a skill this guy has. (laughs) No pun intended. Do you have that skill? I don't have that skill. That's a freaking ridiculous skill. That's a tough skill to have. Yeah, that's a tough skill to have, and it's like, for me, knowing that he, knowing that that he has that kind of skill, I'm I'm willing to forget if he's forgive if he's a little boring because that's freaking awesome. You it is pretty I, cool, especially since I'm totally ADD and I can't I can't focus. Oh, squirrel. Um, <laughs> oh, shiny. So, like, so it's almost like he's got super focus. It's like that would be something that would be really really cool to illuminate. And and also it gives you an appreciation for the whole Green Lantern core too. The idea that you know who'd make a really good Green Lantern make these constructs is hard are hard. That's why usually they go with something simple like a punching fist or or you know just or just like a cage or something like that. You know who'd and, make a really good Green Lantern? What? You know who'd make a really good Green Lantern? Who? Batman. Yeah. See, <laughs> it's true though. He totally has the Look, mind it, for it. It's he totally. When you think about it, it's like I, there really is no good reason for why the Green Lantern ring would go after uh, would go after Hal and not Bruce Wayne. Like yeah. it makes no sense. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but I but, uh, I I honestly loved the trailer, and I, I watched it probably like ten times in a row. I was just like, what? What? And I'll tell you why I liked it so much. Um, the big thing about it was, first off, watching Ben Affleck, Batman, fight a bunch of dudes looked a thousand times more legit and better, first of all, than I had ever imagined. Second of all, far better than yeah. than Christian Bale fighting fighting a bunch of dudes. Probably the best. I mean, Do you so.
Yeah, I thought watching Ben Affleck be Batman was just, you know, watching him take down a bunch of dudes looked far better than Christian Bale or, you know, Michael Keaton or any of the other Batmans do it. You know, it looked it looked like something out of, like, Batman Volume 1 that I just read or something straight out of one of the Arkham games, you know. It was just, yeah. he was brutal. He was fast. I mean, you actually see him throw the punches. He body slammed that guy. Yeah. He, he punched I... a guy so hard that it, it, it flung his face to the ground and probably broke his neck. You know, total yeah. no-nonsense well, crime fighting. Yes, it is something Batman can do. He freaking threw a guy halfway across that warehouse. I mean, right. he's it, not superhuman or anything, though. No, he's just extremely unlike strong. That, unlike that, super, unlike that Superman guy, you know. Yeah. But Batman is just his wits and his will. Like he does, throw anyone can throw a dude halfway across the room. Child's play, really. When you really? think about it. Really? <laughs> oh, and then coming up straight up from the floor. Oh, that had <laughs> that had Arkham games. That had. Batman comic books written all over it had Dark Knight Returns written all over it. I mean, it was straight out of the comics. It was like, a, did did you did you just decide to take the comic panel and just you know recreate it you know sh panel for panel? You know, I was super happy. I was like, wow, thank you God. You know, be <laughs> not another Christian Bale because Christian Bale doesn't even look like he's fighting. They cut. They do so many of those little cuts. With him fighting, you don't actually see him throw a freaking punch. And it's annoying. You know, he has his hands above his head. You know, his hands behind hey. his head with his elbows up the whole time. It's like, oh, what are you doing? Are you just blocking the whole time? Really? Is there something wrong with blocking? <laughs> well, Batman doesn't often block. He's just throwing the punches most of the time. <laughs> I, I get what you're saying. I don't know why it is. Like, I'm... I must be very jaded... Or something, just because I like, I saw it, and I'm like, yeah, this is cool, but this this is like the Arkham games, this is like the comics, and I don't really feel like what I'm seeing is all that different from from heck, even like even like the Batman Forever sequence when he comes out of the elevator, you know, like he's it, I've seen Batman fight guys before, and yeah, this is the most efficient use of it, but it still is Batman fighting a bunch of guys. At least he doesn't look so ridiculous in his bat suit when he does it, though. I mean, this actually feels scarier. You know, he he does a flashbang, and then he I... zips up to the top, and then he, he strikes from the shadows, and he, you know, he's calculated. He's uh, he's more tactical aware, tactically aware. You know, I even saw him pull out a batarang somewhere in there in a little quick cut. I guess I don't know. Like, oh, I it saw still, it. But, you know. It still doesn't. No, I saw the batarang everything, but it still doesn't. I guess what I'm saying is, it, to me, people are like losing their minds over this little sequence. <laughs> and I watch it. And I'm you just should have like... seen this reaction video I saw with this black guy. He he lost it. He like when Batman body slammed that guy in like the first shot of him fighting the guys he was like that stuff i'm talking about <laughs> you know he, and maybe 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 i need to watch that sometimes watching reaction videos kind of help you be like oh that's why this is cool especially when I you're would a do that. old hipster like me oh yeah <laughs> but... <laughs> you're you're so hipster you're like 
well, hey. how how benign, how you know, how bourgeois. Well, <laughs> ironically, the character that I'm wanting to get off the ground is Hipster Batman. I know. And I absolutely think Hipster Batman would look at the sequence and be like, Psh, "This isn't that much. I don't care." Yeah. How mundane. Hipster Batman would totally be like, "I've seen better." <laughs> I've been better, you know. Yeah, I've been better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, it's like, sure, this is efficient, but it doesn't have even half the personality of the old. <laughs> it doesn't even have. Doesn't half even have me in my tight jeans. Uh, it doesn't have half the personality of the old uh, '60s TV series with Adam West. Now that was some crime fighting. <laughs> yeah. You know, before it was cool. It was vintage then. Or vintage That's right, now. totally vintage. <laughs> I only like the vintage. It's got to be a slight perp off purple for it to be cool. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was good. Jeremy Irons definitely has the uh, Alfred vibe going on where he's kind of like snarky towards Batman and, and Bruce well, Wayne. He's like, yeah, Jeremy Irons is regularly like one of the best things in any movie that he's in. Even, dare I say it, the Dungeons and Dragons movie. <laughs> There's My favorite of him so far, scenery, yeah. And then there's just sucking it whole into your mouth like like some sort of ghoul or something like that. He there was there was no scenery left after that movie. He, he That's all he he's kinda like uh Christoph Waltz where he just like to he likes to chew up scenery the whole time. He's oh, just totally. like you know what I mean? He's just he's totally just there. But uh um, but, but yeah, for thematic effect, you know, he's he he brings a very, you know, palpable presence and uh, mm -hmm. an aura <laughs> yeah. to to a movie, and that's why he's there. But yeah. uh, I'm sure the thing Scott liked most was hearing Wonder Woman give her little, you know, yell and jump into the you fray. Finally spoke. She finally, they finally gave her a line. Yes, they did. <sighs> and Scott's Seriously, heart I'm melted. So I'm so starved for just Wonder Woman love and and putting that character out there that I'm like, uh, that's what I walked away from the theater from the trailer of it. That's like, the oh, point where Scott's like, that's the f I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's kind of it's kind of sad though that it's just sort of like, you know, well people are <laughs> well well it's like we we've been hearing at this point what feels like half the movie's dialogue of. Batman and Superman and Lex Luthor speaking. Now, Scott, it's taken us all this, this long is delayed for gratification for you. To finally say a single sentence. I, I know, but it's delayed gratification for you, Scott. You know they want they want to drag it out a little bit so that you appreciate it more. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately for you, <laughs> I even got the I even got the chills when I heard it. I was like, oh shit, <laughs> it's <Yeah>. going down. <laughs> yeah, that... I liked it. Somebody actually uh, put together a pretty cool fan trailer using all of the clips from Wonder Woman that we have, plus some other stuff that like would fit that mm. um, people should check out. Like, it, it just makes it look like one long sort of trailer for it. They they also use some clips from Gladiator and War Horse since that takes place during World War One and uh, yes. and stuff like. That. And they just kind of like strung it together so that it's it, it looked like a pretty decent like teaser trailer for it and i'm like hmm. oh i can't mm -hmm. <laughs> i just i want new things i've i've 
I love Batman. I adore Batman. Uh, Batman was like, you know, when it came out in 1989, I, I was four years old, and I watched that PG-13 movie and loved the crap out of it. I even loved the Prince music. I like oh. everything about that. We all movie did. Is imprinted, you know, is 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 just nostalgia catnip for me. You know, like I love, I freaking love Batman, but. And I liked the Dark Knight trilogy, even if the Dark Knight Rises could have stuck the landing a little better. It honestly could but have. But I also, I also kind of feel very leery of some of the fan worship that he gets, the unabashed... You guys realize... Yeah, but that's what we're here for. We're the critics. We're the ones that are supposed to be like, look, we got to take this at face value and really think about where it is placed in society and kind of be objective. I mean, we're obviously not very objective, but we we should be, you know, thinking objectively well, about these most things. Most professional critics are most professional critics aren't really objective either. No, they sway so, one way or the that's other why Roger and Roger was a good professional critic cuz Roger Ebert at least would be like would would admit when he wasn't objective. No, yeah, so, I mean, sometimes I think it would be better to just have one guy that loves everything and the other guy hates everything, and they just kind of have to find a way to yeah, cope with each other. That it, yeah, exactly. it, was such, it was such a perfect dynamic. It was. It was a pretty good dynamic, wasn't it? Yeah. Unfortunately, it's over. But yeah. for you, I mean, I'm just gaga all over, you know, Batman and Superman, and, and I think Wonder Woman's going to be great. And, you know, Wonder Woman's probably the movie you've been waiting, you know, half your life to see. Yeah. Batman v Superman has been one that I've probably been waiting half my life to well, see. Just to, be, you know, to see both of those characters in the right in the right light and the right place and time. And, you know, I'm just like praying to God, please don't let Warner Brothers blow it. Please, you know, well, please don't let like, Zack Snyder ruin this. I mean, yeah, Zack yeah, Snyder but... actually, he's, I, I got to hand it to him. All the things that I've seen that he's done, I have been pretty impressed with, you know, and I haven't, I haven't, you know, been unimpressed with any of it really. So I'm not too worried, but you know, I'm and I'm still a little cautiously optimistic. But overall, I'm just, you know, beyond my wits excited. I was not a fan of Sucker Punch. I see. Did. I've never seen that. <laughs> I haven't seen that. And that's yeah. And that's that my movie... fault. It's very interesting. Movie Bob actually has like a very interesting video on it where he's pretty convinced that the movie was actually supposed to be a satire of the very thing that people criticize it for. And I'm like, I could totally see his argument, but the fact remains that that satire wasn't presented very well, and that's all on Zack Snyder. Well, yeah, if you, you know, can't present not... it in a way that people understand what you're getting at, then you failed. Honestly. But did I ever tell you the turning point for when I became a Wonder Woman fan? No, actually, you didn't. Never. Okay, so this was like several, this is this several years ago, I think. Uh, might have been around like 2008, around the time of the Dark Knight. And uh, I was reading this blog. Um, the website's now called The Robot's Voice. At the time, it was called Topless Robot. They changed it so that, you know. It's a great name. Reasons. Great name. Yeah, I, I'm kind of sad that it's not called Topless Robot anymore, but I understand because it's like, well, as our website gets bigger, we've kind of limited the avenues we can go to by calling it Topless Robot. 
But, nah, uh, it was not as bad as like Topless Mannequin or you know yeah. something else. Yeah. Any case, in any case, though, they had a list on there that was top ten reasons why Wonder Woman sucks. I'm like, all right, I'll bite. I read this, and for the most part, like I'm reading it, and I'm just like, I'm actually just kind of agreeing. You know, it's like her. You know, she doesn't really have any good supporting characters. I'm like, yeah, that's true. You know, she doesn't really have interesting villains. I'm like, yeah, that's that's true, too. Her, it's not really know, until she enters the Justice League that she actually has great supporting right, characters right, and she exactly. kind of stands out. Exactly. And then, um, you know, and then it's like, what's with her invisible jet? And so it's saying all the usual stuff that people trot out when they're like, Wonder Woman sucks. I'm like, okay, you know, I agree with this. And then it got to the number one reason why, in fact, I think it was called, like, why we don't need Wonder Woman as a character or why she's an unnecessary character. The number one reason that it said was because we already have a Superman. Oh, come on. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, whoa, wait. So you're, you're going to say that about her, but you wouldn't say that about Shazam? Man. Like, <sighs> yeah. And just kind of right then and there, that just sort of like, all right, anonymous person who wrote this article. Go suck an egg, man. I'm yeah, I'm going to become a Wonder Woman fan just to spite you now. Because, again, there's no such thing as a bad character, just bad writing. And you, sir, and, are a terrible writer and yeah, human being. Yeah, <laughs> you, sir, are a terrible writer. It's like, it's an, it's your lack of imagination, not, not the not the characters. And so, as a result, since then, I've been trying to, like learn everything I can about Wonder Woman and just basically try and find all the things that are awesome about her that people don't use. They're either not aware of or, I mean, the saddest part is that the average person, when you ask them about Wonder Woman, they have only one thing to, that they, that they can talk about, which is her costume. That's all most people know about her. Unfortunately, yeah. What they don't realize is that she is uncompromisingly, like uncompromisingly like honest and true she's fierce but kind she exactly. is she is the kind of person you would want in court you know she's or, or i mean no it's more like she's the kind of person you would want as an ally she would never turn her back on you she's an ambassador and, She's, yes, she's yeah. the the perfect diplomat. She's the, yeah. she's the kind of person you would want on your side at all times, you know. And you could still, you know, party with them afterward because she's she's just a lovely human being to be around, honestly. Yeah. And she's, yeah, she's like kind of a she's like if you took a Jedi Knight, a Disney princess, and just a dash of Xena, and put it into a blender, and that's Wonder Woman. Hmm, that's that's quite accurate. I drink that. Yeah. Yeah, I drink oh, that. that sounded terrible. You I know didn't... what? I'm sticking with it, though. I'm sticking to it. I like it. <laughs> you said blender. I said drink it. I'm going with it. No, no. That was definitely... You were just following the analogy I set up, so not that's gonna, on me. not going anywhere else with that. Um, but, but yeah, like, she's... She's such... There's so much potential for her character, and, and uh, one thing that I've really liked is I frequent a website called The Mary Sue, and... Oh, yeah. And a uh, um, a regular commentator on there uh, 
Nuni Nanuni or whatever, like how you actually pronounce her weird name. But every day she does Tutti a fruity. Wonder Woman character of the day post. And it's just been kind of cool to just look at some of the classic characters that were come up with during the time when comics were just, there were no rules or guidelines of what was a good idea. It was, let's try anything, you know? Yeah. And the idea that Wonder Woman, the ideas that Wonder Woman's creator would come up with were really progressive for their time. Like they, and it's cool. Like a number of the characters um, too, like, there's one where Wonder, Wonder Woman's allies is a history teacher. And the funny thing is, is that's it. It's a history teacher. A history teacher who is good enough at teaching history that the Amazons brought her onto the island so they could learn history from her. And you think, well, that's not really all that special. But if you look at it in terms of comic books and what comic books usually go for, that's actually really unique. It is quite unique, isn't it? Because most comic book stories are locked into this, are locked into this, we take it to the streets, and it's us versus the crooks and the cops who just get in our way. And it's like 98% of comic books deal with that. It's or if true. Not, it's the military. It's, the, it's kind of the same old patterns over and over. Whereas you look at Wonder Woman, it's like, hey, there's a community. Wonder Woman actually tries to deal with that stuff. You know, so you while well, you get into this debate of should Batman kill? Shouldn't he? Well, in Wonder Woman's opinion, Batman's kind of just a bad band aid. He's not going to the root of the problem. He's only he's only reacting to people when they're already criminals. Whereas she tries to go in. You know what I mean? Like, and it's and I think there is actually room there to make compelling stories. Like, Wonder Woman would be really good in, like, a political thriller. She she would. She'd be pretty great. She would be perfect in that because she's all about she's all about truth. And the tricky thing about truth is that truth has a lot more nuance to it than people give it credit for. Truth and justice, Diana exactly. Prince. You know. Exactly. So, so yeah. yeah, I'm for Wonder Woman. I'm hoping Aquaman gets his due, too, because... Aquaman's another character that people bag on, but I'm like, do you guys seriously not see the potential with this character? Mm-hmm. Arthur Curry's like, a great character. He has a great yeah, story. So. It's like, it's like, I mean, do you ever remember that James Cameron movie, The Abyss? Sure. Now, now imagine if instead of a couple of like oil, oil underwater oil drillers dealing with the problem, imagine it's Aquaman dealing with it. That'd be pretty neat. And instead of him being hired by the U.S. government to deal with it, he's trying to deal with it before the U.S. government takes their own stance on dealing with it. Hmm. So it's like he's trying to keep peace between the between the you know between the between the land dwellers and these ah service dwellers kingdom. You know what I mean? Like that's there's actually pretty good storytelling potential there. Or how about that movie, uh, The Mist, the John Carpenter one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's this ghost story where you've got, like, these, you know, these ghosts that kind of come through the mist as it comes up through the ocean and starts terrorizing this sea town and everything like that. And you imagine, know what? You wouldn't even really need that, something. though, because Aquaman actually has a certain set of villains that are, they're kind of prolific, like, 
Ocean Master and uh, Black Manta. They're they're pretty decent villains by themselves. So yeah. he's well, gonna mean, have he's gonna have some good uh, movie and story to tell when he you know he gets exactly. his solo but, films. So but but most people don't even pay attention to that because they're just like oh he just talks to fish and they fail to even realize how. Even if all he did was talk to fish, which he can do more than that. Shark but, freaking NATO, man. Shark yeah, NATO, man. Dude, seriously, that's like I've been joking that the shark NATO is just Aquaman's wrath. <laughs> like, it's like you guys. It's a backstory. It's a backstory plot. It's just like on the back end, like the the writers like, and then Aquaman freaking did this, and nobody else knew it. <laughs> yep. Yep, exactly. And then soon they'll, they'll they'll merge the Sharknado movie with Aquaman, and it'll be like it all came together. You know, yeah. all the pieces fit now. <laughs> yeah, and I guess, I don't know, I guess probably one of the reasons why I feel sort of blasé about, I think I feel kind of blasé about Batman for the same reasons that I felt blasé about Spider-Man when the Amazing Spider-Man movies happened. Like, it's like you're already rebooting Spider-Man? Spider-Man 3 was bad, but, I mean, you could still do a Spider-Man 4 with different director and cast members. Why reboot it? It feels unnecessary. People were pretty tired of Tobey Maguire, and honestly, so was I. Yeah, I definitely think a cast change and a change in crew and everything like that was totally in order, but they could have changed the cast and crew and still more or less picked up on, you know, pick the story up from where it left off, like James Bond or Batman Forever style. You know what I mean? Like Batman Forever, if not for the fact that Batman Forever was campy, it would have worked just fine, you know, because it's like, it just continues. And instead, it's true. Like, it's still, oh, it's still part of that it. same That's universe. That's what Batman Begins did. And because Batman Begins did it, now we've got to do that too. And it. Uh, somebody was talking today about all the reboots and they were like asking about which reboot was the worst one that Fox did like out of all the stuff that Fox has done which is the worst superhero movie that Fox has done and there's there's quite a number of films to choose from there really are there's you know Elektra Fantastic Four the other Fantastic Four movies there's the other other Fantastic Four the other other Fantastic Four movies there was um Daredevil there was uh, the Punisher movies. There was also... Uh, no, Lionsgate is the one that had uh, Punisher. It wasn't Fox. Oh, Lionsgate, that's right. Anyway, there's nothing wrong with the Punisher Warzone. That was amazing. Um, <laughs> that one is... So... Good that lord, that one was so amazing. <laughs> uh, everything about that movie <sighs> was just like, holy... Best, pu- best actor to play the Punisher. Ray Stevenson. I, in my opinion. But I guess we'll get to that later. Go ahead. Okay, anyway, I just, I'm still just, I'm waiting and seeing when it comes to the Batman movie. I'm not, I, I'm annoyed with the people who are who have already just taken the stance that it's going to suck, and I don't fully feel comfortable joining in with the people who have decided that it's going to be awesome. Like, I just kind of... It's like I'm Schrodinger's fan right now. Like I, it'll be one or the other. Right. So. Well, I'm optimistic. But either way, on another note, we also got Daredevil season two trailer, <laughs> which, which I which I watched 
I've watched that one several times as well, and I've just been like, I am beyond excited. Like, season one of Daredevil was a masterpiece, and if this looks even better than that, I'm going to, like, lose my freaking mind while watching this show, because John Bernthal just looks, just feels amazing. Like, he feels like the Punisher does. He's cold, he's calculated, he's... He's very driven and he's angry like all the freaking time, and he's just you know armed to the hilt with just guns. And I mean, we even got a little glimpse of his conversation with uh, Daredevil, like why he's doing what he's doing. He's uh, and I quote, "You you you punch guys, and they get back up. When I put them down, they stay down. You know, that's like." oh, thank you, we're going to get that conversation where that's all they talk about is like, I do this, I put the criminals away for good. They never, they're never coming back. You're just a Band-Aid. The thing that has me most excited about that is that the way it's said implies that they get, like, I love the Punisher. I was reading Punisher comics since, you know, like, all of the comics I read when I was younger were because my brother had disposable income, would buy comics, read it once, lose interest, and then I would just sit there and pour over them. And he he totally had some Punisher comics. I just fell in love with the character, just his his efficiency, his his brutal exactness, his total eye for an eye mentality. And that said though, like, even though he's totally grim and he is dark, I feel like just like you get people that start fawning over Batman, no matter what he does, I feel like you get some people who get lost in the grim darkness and forget the fact that the Punisher's reason for punishing the be- the villains who you know for killing them down so they stay down. It's a very is valid protect- argument. <laughs> is what? It's a very valid valid argument well, to me. <laughs> it's it's for a reason though. It's not just because you know people take it as. People take it as, oh, well, they're bad, so they deserve to be punished. And it's like, that's a phrase that he uses. But the real reason he's doing it is he is, he truly believes this is the best way to protect innocence. This is the best way to keep the people who are not wicked from get, becoming collateral damage. And it's to keep the people that are on the fence about it to go back to being good. You yeah, know, like instead he... of, instead of being a batman which you know there's nothing wrong with being batman instead of scaring them and just beating the crap out of them why not just kill the really bad guys the really bad mm-hmm. ones enough to scare everybody else into staying on the straight and narrow yeah. why not and just here... kill all the bad guys and keep them from getting out and raping and killing more people yeah and 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 the and the thing about it too is that he has no illusions about which side of the line he's on no, he, he knows. knows bad guy. He's not he crazy knows. or anything. He knows what, who he is, and he knows what he's, he's actually, doing. It's actually like a character. It's funny because I keep seeing like different characters in different movies and TV shows. And I'm like that. That is a Punisher line right there. That is totally a Frank Castle mentality. Did you ever see? You saw um, Firefly, right? I've seen. I've seen a few episodes. I haven't seen. The whole did thing. you ever see the movie Serenity? Yes, I did. Okay. So you remember the operative? Yes. And how at the end when he's having his like showdown with um you know with Mal Reynolds and Mal Mal basically says something like he he basically 
says, well, I guess you'll just, yeah, I guess you and all the other people just enjoy your paradise then. And the operative shoots right back and he's like, um, I'm not going to be in that paradise. I'm a monster. I know it. But the people who will be in that paradise will be there because of the things that I've done. That is totally the Punisher's mentality. He's basically, he's basically, you know, he, he was someone who comes from a back, from a Catholic background. He's totally lapsed Catholic, has, hates God. You know, it's just, just like, like he said in Warzone, it's like, I've ever got my hands on God. You oh, know, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, and so he's got a very tortured opinion about theology, but he basically is like, if theology is correct, I'm willing to damn myself because somebody's got to do it. Someone Did you like what he people. said? He, he said, I think you're a half measure. Yeah. I don't think you have what it takes to to do the job. I think you're a coward. And I was like, oh, yeah, ooh, yeah. ooh, and it's ooh, like, snap, oh, like that one. It, yeah, exactly. It's just Good like – Good zinger. And, and the thing is is that the Punisher is someone that I think – is actually 90, 90% wrong about the world, but it's that 10% that he's right about that makes him so interesting as a character, I think. It really does. For the most part, we're like, oh my gosh, he's a freaking psycho. When he's he's completely sane, he's just he's of one mind and one purpose. There's no buts about it, and he will not waver. He, Dude, is, a, he is a brick wall. Could you imagine him with a Green Lantern ring? Oh, shoot, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He'd be yeah. brutal. I mean, I'm even looking forward to some of his scare tactics where he will threaten a villain in the most wicked, awful, and perverse way possible. Yeah. You know, he'll put their head under a drill press, and he'll start to drill into their head before they start to talk, and then he'll be like, okay. And then after they give him the information, then he'll just kill him. Well, he also gets clever with it, too. Like, the one bit that I liked from the Thomas Jane Punisher movie, because it was straight from the comic book, actually. It I was. remember having, I remember having the issue that he did it, but you know he has the guy hung upside down. Oh right, with the popsicle and the with the popsicle, and he's basically just like the thing is, is when you get burned this much, it actually feels cold, you know, and so it's like he's not lying. <laughs> yeah, he totally like <laughs> he messes with that guy he's so much. Mess with this guy, make this guy think that he's getting pieces of flesh carved out of him with 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 white hot fire when really he's just smearing popsicle on his back i even like... like the bigger deception he played on john travolta's character howard saint where he he made him think that his best friend was betraying him that his wife was cheating on him and he ended up you know howard saint killed both of those people that he messed with he manipulated the whole thing i mean yeah there's lots of people that can do that but the way he did it was just so good i mean he is nothing if not patient when it comes to planning something well you know he's like i said he's calculated and i definitely think we're going to get some very deep underlying plot or some big plan of his underneath it all that he's got and we have no idea what's coming and it'll be a race for um for uh for matt Murdoch to stop him. It'll be a big race. Also, this is part one 
of a trailer. We haven't even yeah. gotten part two yet, which is probably going to be focused on Elektra and which, possibly uh, uh, Kingpin which, if he comes back. Yeah, which how nice was it, you know, just to get that little tease. And unlike seeing, you know, we're like – don't get me wrong. Jennifer Garner is is a great actress. She was great on Alias, and she's done she's done a bunch of movies I've liked her in. But as Electra, she's total wrong fit. She doesn't look Greek at all. No, she does she, not. You know, and she doesn't. She's too dewy. She does like she's too kind of like sweet and she's she's not too really, Barbie dollish. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like. In any case, I can't think of quite the words I'm thinking of, but she just she doesn't fit. She doesn't fit the character. Too plastic for me. Just kind She's of too seeing, plastic. Just to see in like one line of just just one little bit where Matt Murdock comes home, realizes he's not alone. He's like Electra, and then there she is sitting there, all confidence and just. And it's just, it was great. It was great to be like, that's the character. I just get this that's sense right. of that this whole series is just going to be all tension the whole time. And I'm, and that's what I want. Like, I yeah. kind of want to feel that tension the whole time. It's like watching a a DC, like Warner Brothers movie. Because those movies are just all tension and darkness. And I'm all for it. I'm yeah. kind of a sick puppy when it comes to that sort of thing. And this series, season two... It's just going to be covered in rain in Hell's Kitchen, bullets, dudes getting punched by Daredevil, and a yeah. bunch of fight the, scenes. It's just – I doubt we'll spend any time in the courtroom. <laughs> one of the things – like just one of the things I love about it is that it's like – you look at the first one. The first one was perfect, but it was also straightforward. It was. It was him working his way towards the kingpin. There weren't any other factors. You know what I mean? There weren't really any other wild cards. It was just, it was just a straight up battle of wills. Oh, and and this Punisher one, is nothing if not a wild card. Yeah, and on top of that, not only have they pulled out the Punisher, they pulled out Elektra too, who is also nothing if not a wild card. You've got two wild cards thrown into the thick of it, and it's just like, how are they going to play off of each other? You know what I mean? Like it's 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 sort of like. I think the one thing I would be disappointed with, actually, and I ho I'm hoping this doesn't happen, but it's if the two plot threads end up staying isolated from each other. Like if there's no overlap between Daredevil, um, Daredevil's Battle of Wills with the Punisher and and Daredevil um, having to deal with Elektra coming back to his life. Too. Well, with the like, way they've done no things so far, I, think I don't think we have anything to worry about there just because last season everything overlapped pretty well. Like, they all kind of grasped each other's fingers for a little bit here and there, and they kind of they made the rounds. And I don't think we have anything to worry about there. I think we'll get, I think we'll get some good overlap between characters and plot lines, and we'll have some big decisions that Matt Murdock is going to have to make. I'm curious, though, whether we'll see the Punisher and Daredevil team up at some point or whether they're going to spend the entire time hitting each other, trying to kill each other or stop each other, or whether hey. Matt Murdock is going to team up with Elektra. Like, is there going to be any sort of team up, or is it just him versus everybody? Isn't is is I'm trying to remember because there's been like so much stuff that they've got going. They've on. teamed oh, up once or twice. I know but that. I mean, is um is Bullseye going to be in this in this 
season? I don't know. That's a good question. Um, they've talked about casting it, but I don't think they've said anything in stone, or else we we probably would have heard of by now. Because, I mean, unless they're that good at keeping a secret. But But we've only got, like, three and a half more weeks before this comes out, and then another week later, we have Batman v Superman, so the gods have smiled upon us. Our viewing pleasure is just going to be full. Yeah, I'm probably exactly. even going to take another lunch this week and go see Deadpool again. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to be like, yeah, I'm going to take a long lunch. I'll be back in like a couple hours. And they'll be like, okay. And I'll just be like, see ya. Or I'll just go into work like super early so that I can just, you know, go in the middle of the day. You know, chill and relax. I'll get a theater all to myself. Nice big recliner. Big Coke. <laughs> you know, I'll just sit there by myself. Dude, I went to Texas, like I said, on my uh, on my trip. And in Texas, a lot of the theaters are just single recliners for everybody. Like, you know, they're nice, they're leather, they're automated, big cup holders and stuff. I went to, just to go watch Star Wars again, just for fun, because I had nothing else to do while I was there. So I mm-hmm. took, the, took the rental car, drove to a theater, I was like, yeah, I'll go see Star Wars. So I go sit there, I'm like the only person in there. There's one other guy, like, sitting way up in the front. And I sit there, I fell asleep for like 20 minutes in the recliner and somebody came into the theater to check and see if I was still awake. And luckily I woke up like a minute before they checked on me. They like shined a light in my face. I was like, dude, what the, get get that out of my face. How dare you? I want my money back. (laughs) But yeah, I just, it was, it was nice though. It was so quiet. I was all there by myself. And I was like, yeah, I can't wait to go to another movie by myself. One of those recliners. And that was my big worry. Was that I'd end up falling asleep while watching that film, and it's just like. Go ahead. Anyway, there's only one movie I ever fell asleep through, and then ended up subsequently walking out on, and that was not the Michael Bay produced Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film, but the uh, TMNT animated movie. Oh yeah. Yeah, totally fell asleep through that. Total and... bore fest. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing that bugged me about it too is when it when it started, it totally had the let us tell you the backstory and plot of this film because Lord of the Rings came out last year and it was totally cool when they did it and <laughs> foolishly thinking that it's going to be cool when we too. We just decided to piggyback off everything popular this year because right, it's right, okay. Exactly, exactly. And, I, and to this day I watch it and I'm still just like, all this backstory would have been so much better if it had like, if this backstory had come out naturally through the plot instead of just it being dumped on you up front. I hate when they do that. I want like a two minute flashback and then call it good. That's all exactly, you need. That's exactly. all you need. I've said it, it once, said it again. Because it already telegraphed what's going on. As soon as you meet, you know, as soon as you meet, what is his name? Alex Winters or whatever, whoever Patrick Stewart was voicing. As soon as you meet him, you're like, oh, that's the guy from the prologue. He's the bad guy. Right. And then like they reveal it's like, oh my gosh, he's the guy from the prologue. It's like, well, it's him. Duh. Yeah, you showed him in the prologue. Maybe if you hadn't showed him in the prologue, it would have been surprised that there was something up about him. <laughs> like, it's just... <sighs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The funny thing is, though, is that as much as I feel like the first two-thirds of that movie is just kind of meh, the last third of that movie is actually pretty solid. And it's it's still my son's favorite Ninja Turtles movie. He loves it. I still kind of like the Michael Bay ones. Most people hate on them pretty bad, but I thought they were okay. Or I thought You're it dead was to okay. Me. You're I dead know. To... 
I'm uh, uh, all of you listeners. This is this why is you gotta part. hate, bro. Why you gotta hate uh, so much? Just give it a little credit. Come on, garbage. man. That movie was hot garbage. So you mean you're not gonna go see the next one? Um, I didn't say that, and I'm actually cautiously optimistic about the next one because the next one at least looks like it knows it's gonna be hot garbage and is just gonna play that to the hilt. Well, like, it's because it's got Krang, and now everybody's like, oh my gosh, freaking Krang's going to be in it, and yeah, Bebop Krang, and Rocksteady's going to be in it. It's like, like it's, it's, again, it's one of those cases where it's like, okay, the problem with the first one is what the first one was trying to sell was Ninja Turtles, but they're cool and angsty in a way that you haven't seen before, and this is going to be a new take on the Ninja Turtles. And I'm looking, and I'm like, one, it's not that new. And two, it just looks watered down. And, you know, it's like you're not, you don't look like you're really selling anything that I haven't seen before. Whereas, again, with this one, all of a sudden it's like, Rocksteady and Bebop? Haven't seen them in a movie. Freaking Krang? Haven't seen him in a movie yet. Oh, my gosh, you're showing me something I haven't seen before. I'm probably going to regret this, but I'm totally going to see you. And that's kind of how I feel about the next Ninja Turtles movie. I'm totally going to see that. And I'm probably going to walk away disgusted and being like, that movie was terrible. Why did I get myself? No, you're going to be like, man, this movie's like my guilty pleasure. I'm totally going to go see it like a thousand more and times. And I would be happy with that. I would totally be happy with that if that's as what As long as it impresses you with how wittily and like it accepts its its total out thereness. You know, as long yeah, as it embraces yeah, that for you, you're okay with it. And that's that's what the thing I hated about the first one is that it the first one was trying to convince me. It, it, it the first one actually had like pretentiousness, but not like any sort of convincing sort of pretentiousness. But the type of pretentiousness a twelve year old affects, it's got to be like, see, I'm grown up, I'm tough. It's like you're twelve, shut up. And that's kind of how I felt about the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. I'm like, you're not a grown up movie. You're twelve, shut up. It's true. Most people say that, but yeah. anyway, back to our topic. I'm I'm really excited for uh, Daredevil season two. Um, I have no doubts that it will surprise and will amaze us, um, honestly. But uh, we're kind of out of time, um, trying to keep this at a manageable time frame. Yep. But uh, we will be back to you hopefully this weekend. We will do a full review of Deadpool along with Gabe at our side. Um, if you are interested in uh, learning more about us, you can find us on Twitter at Sons of Comics. You can also find us on uh, YouTube and Facebook and iTunes and Stitcher and uh, all those places. And uh, Carrier you, Pigeon. We're yeah, by Carrier Pigeon. Pigeon. You can also uh, donate to our podcast via Patreon. So go to Patreon. So sub, uh, subscribe to us, listen to us, review us, let us know your thoughts, find us on Facebook, talk to us. We love talking to people about anything nerd-related, honestly. So, yeah, find really us do. and do these things. And, uh, by the way, check out Comic Bento, which we've already plugged once, but we'll do it again. And uh, as well as Geek Fuel. So Geek Fuel is another subscription service where you get a box full of geeky stuff, including a exclusive poster and T-shirt. And uh, we'll be reviewing one of their boxes as well soon. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned for our Deadpool review coming soon. Uh-huh.